First John chapter two. First John chapter two. Um, we've been looking at this section uh, in chapter two. Uh, John gives us uh, seven ways we can be uh, sure of, we can know uh, about our relationship uh, with God. Uh, and I get that question uh, fairly often. Uh, how can I know for sure, uh, how can somebody know uh, they're going to heaven? How can somebody know uh, that they are, uh, that they're saved? Well, that was one of uh, John's primary purposes for writing. Uh, obviously, it was an issue uh, in John's day uh, as well, uh, as he writes in several places, these things I write that you may know. Uh, John, John was not a hope-so or a think-so person. Uh, John wanted us to know uh, some things, and one of them was uh, he wanted us to know uh, that uh, we had a relationship uh, with God. He wanted us to be sure uh, of our salvation. And we've looked at uh, several of those so far. Uh, and as we look in this passage, one of the ways uh, that John says that we can know uh, about our relationship with God is our reaction, our response uh, to false teachers. Uh, he calls them antichrist. Uh, in, uh, in, in his letter, uh, but uh, we would be more likely to use the word false teacher. Uh, and so John says that's one of the ways uh, that we know how we react, uh, what we do uh, with false teaching, if we even recognize uh, false teaching. And the reason John uh, is making that an issue is, again, I, I've talked about this before, uh, how the Secret Service, when they, uh, when they try to, when they teach their agents how to recognize counterfeits, uh, they don't study all the different counterfeits because there's uh, constantly new uh, methods and ways of counterfeiting. What they do is, again, they teach them that they study a genuine bill, uh, front, back, up, down, left, right, right, left. They study it till they know the real thing so that when somebody puts a false bill in front of them, they can recognize it. And uh, what John is saying uh, is if we, are, uh, we have a genuine relationship uh, with Jesus Christ, then uh, we come to the point in our relationship with him where we know him so well, we know his teaching so well, uh, we know his will, we know his desire well enough that immediately when false teaching pops up, we recognize it and, uh, and we avoid it uh, at all costs. And uh, he has some interesting things uh, to say here uh, about this idea uh, of, of false teaching, false doctrine. Uh, and one of the things that, uh, that is important this morning uh, is that as we look at it, and, and it will become more clear even uh, in the text itself, is when we're talking about false teachers, and false doctrine. Most of us, uh, and I've used this example before, if I was to tell you uh, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you wouldn't even need to look at your watch to know that that was incorrect. But now if I was to tell you it's 10.35, uh, you'd probably have to look at your watch to verify. 
Well, I was pretty close. Uh, you know, uh, you, you know, you'd have to look at your watch uh, to see. And that's the danger of false teaching. Most of us, uh, we're probably not going to fall uh, for, uh, you know, someone uh, who just blatantly says uh, Jesus Christ doesn't exist or, uh, you know, something, you know, something uh, real, you know, way out there. We're, you know, most of you are, uh, are wise enough, you know, there was a group several years ago now uh, who, uh, you know, all drank poison, put a pile of quarters on their head and waited on a spaceship to come get them and take them to heaven. Most of you, maybe not all, but most of you uh, are not going to fall for something like that. Uh, you know, I, the, the Jim Jones thing uh, several years ago, most of you, you know, are going to be like, Diana, ain't that hot down there? I'm not going. You know, uh, that, you, know, we, we, you know, we wouldn't, you know, they're the really out there. But the danger uh, that we have, and, and it is a very real danger uh, in our culture, in our, in our uh in Christianity today is not the way out there teaching, uh, but it's those that just kind of barely, uh, they add a little bit. For example, uh, adding works to salvation. Uh, you know, just kind of a little bit, a uh, little bit off. And uh, John says we've got to be aware of that. And how we respond to that says a lot. Uh, about our relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. And so uh, he begins in, uh, in this passage, beginning in uh, verse 18, he begins uh, with uh, two words that I, I want to talk about for a moment before we really get into the text uh, really deep. He begins with these two words. He says, little children, little children... Uh, is the word uh, that he uses then to describe uh, his audience. And that is, a, 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 again, a, a phrase that he uses uh, to, uh, again, to really uh, stress to them his love and his compassion. Uh, it, it was, you know, it, it's kind of uh, the equivalent to a, uh, to a parent uh, going to their child. You know, sometimes you go to your child and, and they're acting crazy and you, you know, you just fuss and rant. But, you know, other times you go to them, you put your child and say, listen, I, you know, well, let, me, let me talk to you a minute. You know, you, you, we, we, we need to talk. Um, we need to have a real serious conversation here. You know, you, you, some of you mothers may go and to your daughter and say, honey, come here, we, we need to talk about something. We, we, and, and you really want them to know that what you're about to tell them, I'm not ranting and raving, I'm not fussing, I'm not mad, I'm saying this because I love you and I'm concerned about you and I really think you need to hear, you know, you, you really want to get their attention. Well, that's what John does uh, when he says little children. Uh, by this point, John was older in age, and uh, he would have kind of been the elder spokesman, and uh, this is the equivalent of him putting his arm around the church and saying, come here, let's talk. And there's something that's really bothered me, that's really on my heart, and, and, and I'm not fussing at you at all. I just, I feel like you need to know, you need to be warned. What does he say about, uh, about it? When he says little children, look what he says, it is the last time. And you've heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. And so John says, come here. Yeah, yeah, I just want y'all to hear this. You really, this really concerns me that you know this. We are in the last time. 
Now, some may look at that and say, well, John wrote that a long time ago. And he said it was the last time then, and we're still here. So what's going on? Well, you've got to remember, our clock is not God's clock. And in effect, ever since Jesus uh, ascended back uh, to heaven, we have been in the last time. We have been waiting for the return uh, of Jesus Christ. We have, are in the last time. Now, that doesn't mean Jesus is coming today. Uh, but in God's clock, on God's uh, great schedule, uh, we, you know, we are in the last time. And so John says we are in that time. And then he says, you have heard that in that day the Antichrist, notice singular Antichrist, will come. Now, what John is talking about, or who John is talking about, is the one uh, that we are uh, familiar with, that we talk about often, we talk about uh, end time, we talk about prophecy, we talk about uh, the Antichrist, the one that will come uh, and make a, a pact with Israel and uh, ultimately break that peace treaty and, uh, and desecrate the temple and uh, all those things. That is the Antichrist singular uh, that John is talking about. But what he is warning about is not the Antichrist, he says, but now, he says, you've heard he will come, and he says he, he will come. He says, but even now there are many Antichrists, plural, among you. And what's he talking about there it is, again, if you remember, uh, your uh, English classes from back in the day, you remember what anti means. Uh, you know, whether you're talking about an antibiotic or an antihistamine, anti is against. And so he says, there are many who are against Christ who have the spirit of the, anti, of, of the Antichrist. There are many who have his same spirit among us even now. And so John is saying to us, we must recognize this situation. We need to understand and not be naive. Folks, you need to know and you need to understand that there are many among us who are of the Antichrist mindset. Some of them are standing in pulpits. Some of them are standing in Sunday school classes. Some of them are sitting on church rows. Some of them are holding offices. Some of them are deacons. Some of them are elders. Some of them are leaders, uh, depending on the function of the church. But John says, even now, there are those among us who oppose Jesus Christ. And, and sometimes I, I really think that what happens is many in the church, we have gotten somewhat uh, isolated, somewhat naive about the situation. We uh, associate with uh, fellow Christians. We uh, go to church. We watch church programs. We read church books. Uh, you know, uh, all those kind of things. And, and, and we kind of let our guard down a little bit and forget that there are wolves in sheep clothing. We forget that there are those out there uh, who are spreading lies, who are teaching false doctrine. Uh, and that's why it is imperative uh, that John says we understand that. And we recognize that. And just as the Secret Service agent studies the genuine bill to recognize a counterfeit, that is why it is imperative today, uh, more so than ever, that those who claim to be believers study the real deal. 
And we know what God has said. That we are in God's house. That we are worshiping together. That we are hearing the Word of God preached and taught. That we are studying it on our own so that we know what the genuine article looks like. Because John says, he said to the church almost 2,000 years ago, he says there are antichrists among you. If there were antichrists among the church, then... He'd have a heart attack today. John would it, would, it would scare him to death what was going on today, often in the name of Christianity. Often what is going on in the name uh, of, of Christianity. John was saying to these people, you are facing a critical moment in your history. You're facing a critical moment in your, uh, in your walk with the Lord. Again, most, uh, most believers, they, most church members, again, they're not going to fall for the really harebrained stories. But just as with Satan in the garden, he didn't come and, and tell Eve some really wild out there story. He didn't tell them, oh, God doesn't exist. He didn't even deny God. In fact, he acknowledges God, if you look at that story, right? He says, did God really say? He acknowledges God. He doesn't deny God. When he goes to Eve, he doesn't say God doesn't exist. Why are you living? He said, oh, you, you, you know. But he doesn't even really challenge God. What he challenges is Eve's understanding of God. Did God really say? See, he just planted a little tiny seed in Eve's mind. Just the least bit of that. And the Antichrist that John is talking about here, that's the way they operate. That's the way they function. If they can just plant a little bit of doubt in your mind. They are those who will stand up and, and, and claim to be men of God, claim to be um, a, a, a called man of God, a, a teacher, a preacher, whatever, and they'll stand up. And, and, and I remember, this is a story that, you know, this is probably 40 years old now. Uh, I, I remember uh, hearing my grandfather talk about this, being at a pastor's conference in Stanley County of all places. And, and one of the pastors there in Stanley County was to give the devotion and he stands up and he reads the passage about Jesus walking on the water. And, and, and this pastor stands up, and, and, and my grandmother was sitting beside him, uh, Bud Lincoln, said, listen, that's a strange passage for a devotion. And so let's see where he goes with it. And so the first thing out of his mouth is, some of you have been taught that Jesus walked on the water. But what this really means is he walked around the edge to the other side. Not what it says. Yeah. What it says is he walked on the water. Yeah. Now, I'm just silly enough to figure if God wanted to say he walked around the edge, he'd have said he walked around the edge. Yeah. But I believe he meant what he said and said what he meant. See what I'm saying? We, we, we have those who don't just, they, they just want to plant just a, a seed of doubt. And then, again, just like Satan, did God really say, they just want to drop it in and leave it there for you to think about. And John says, you are my dear children. And I don't want you to fall for these kind of, uh, for these kind of teaching. 
And so there's several things that, that, that are going on here. First of all, John says believers need to know it is the last time. Believers need to know, he says, it is the last time is what he says. He says it very plainly. We need to know these are the last days. See, if I, as I read Scripture and I look at the signs and I look at the prophecy that the Bible lays out, there is no doubt whatsoever in my mind that Jesus could return before I finish preaching. I believe that, and I think that's very clear. John says it is the last time. Little children, beware. It is the last time. And numerous scripture tells us that things are going to wax worse and worse, that there's going to be a falling away, that there's all kinds of warnings about how things are going to be as the clock continues to tick. And John calls it, and he says, it is the last time. The word that is used there really means the last hour, the midnight hour, when the world ends. Listen, John says it's the last time. He says, not only does he say we need to know it's the last time, but he also says that we need to know it is time for the Antichrist singular. Because of what I believe, because of how I believe about the end time, I believe, by the way, did y'all know that today, if you look it up in history, some, I'm going to make some of you feel really old. Today is the day that George Jackson, on the cartoon, today was supposed to be his birthday. July the 31st, 2022. And we still don't have cars. And I, I, I went off the, I run off the edge of the road there for a minute to say this. I believe with all my heart, based on what I believe about the end of time and the return of Jesus Christ, I believe that the Antichrist is among us today. I believe that. I don't know how old he is. I don't know where he is. I don't know who he is. I'm not one of those. But I do believe, just as John said, we are in the last time. And because of that, we are in the time of the Antichrist. And we need to be aware that at any moment, and again, the, the Bible is very clear and teaches that there will be, and, and, and I don't know where you fall on this, but I'm going to tell you what I believe and what I think the Bible is very clear, that there will be a real, personal, living, breathing Antichrist in the end times. And John says we need to know that. Little children, be aware of that. A, again, a man that will arise in the end times that will oppose Christ uh, will uh, more fiercely than, than anyone has ever done oppose Christ and everything of Christ. When he says the anti, he's talking about a person. He's not talking about the spirit. He's not talking about an evil culture. He's talking about a walking, talking, breathing Antichrist. He says that's part of the last times. That's part of that day. Then he says, not only that, but he says then that there is a spirit of Antichrist. 
There is an evil culture already afoot today, July the 31st, 2022. There is an evil culture that opposes Jesus Christ and all that is godly already at work in our society. You don't have to be a Bible scholar or a rocket scientist to see that at work. We see that from the laws that are being passed to the things that are coming out of Hollywood to even the things that are coming out of many of our seminaries. We know that there is a spirit of Antichrist. There are false teachers already among us that are there. And John says that is something we must recognize. And I think it's a test of our testimony. If we are recognizing and aware that it is the end of time, that, that, that today we are living in those days when the Antichrist is preparing to come on the scene and Antichrist are already moving and working among us in our culture. I realize that this isn't spiritual whatsoever, but I, I, I think back, and it's been a good many years ago, the several states passed zoning laws prohibiting how the, the, a church bill, a church, a church facility could only add 10% of their existing space if they wanted to build. So basically, you could add a room to a building this size. You know, wasn't any Walmart could build whatever they wanted to. Sam's could build whatever they wanted to. But religious facilities, and thankfully at the time that was overturned in higher courts. If you were on the Trove Drive last Saturday, you know that there is the spirit of Antichrist among us. You sensed the evil. You heard the evil. You saw the evil. You felt the evil. John says we have to recognize. Little children, look and see where we are, that we are in that place. They are denying the, the, the deity, the role, the sovereignty of God. He says that's where we are. We've got to recognize that. Second thing that he tells us, and this is what's really scary to me, not scary, but alarming. How do we recognize the situation? But we must recognize the source. Look what he says in the next verse, in verse 19. They went out from among us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Do you see what John says about these antichrists, Paul? John says, where did these antichrists come from? They came out from among us. They were part of us, but they came out of us. 
John says what we have to be aware of are those who were among us who are now not with us who are teaching false doctrine. Many of the, uh, uh, of the, I'm trying to figure how to say this just right. Many of those who we see on television shows spouting obviously false doctrine. If you track and, and research their history, you know what you'll find of many of them? As you go back, you find out they may be out here, well, this is left field, I guess. They may be out here in the left field somewhere now. But most of them started out in a God-fearing, Bible-believing church and over time drifted from that over here. John says their source, many of them come from within the church. That's how they get away with what they teach. Because they'll stand up and say, oh, I'm a member of such and such church. Oh, I went to such and such church. I go to such and such church. I don't care if you've got a sign tattooed on your back for your church. If you're not preaching and teaching the word of God, you are of the devil. I don't care if your name is on the sign out front. I don't care what job you hold, what title you hold, but what your mom and daddy did in the church, who your grandparents are. I don't care if you are not teaching the whole truth, the unadulterated truth, and nothing but the truth of God's Word. John says, you, my friend, are an antichrist. We give many people leeway because of where they came from. I don't care where you came from. I don't know where you are. See, there's a whole lot of people came from the pits of hell. Some of you sitting here this morning, you're like, man, you were out in the gutter. You were living like the devil. You were lost. You were on drugs. You were in alcohol. You were chasing wine, women, soul. You were living like an absolute devil. And the God of heaven reached down and grabbed your sorry soul, convicted you of your sin, drew you to him, and you became a born-again child of God, had your sins washed away, and now you're in love with Jesus. That's what matters. Not where you were, but where you are. John says, these people, he says, we can't look at where they were. Just because they came out of the church, just because they carry a great big Bible, just because they quote Bible verses. I can quote you some Bible verses. The Bible says, Judas went out and hung himself. Another one says, go ye therefore and do likewise. And another one says, what you do, do quickly. You, you know, there's a lot of people read the Bible. You ever see one of them ransom notes on TV where they cut words out of all and paste them together? That's the way a lot of people read the Bible. That's the way a lot of people teach the Bible. From here to here. That's the reason I try 
as best as I can to sit down in one passage and tell you what that passage says rather than jump everywhere because if you jump all over the place, you end up getting them mixed up and crossed up and you forget what you're talking about and you end up telling a story. John says the source, they came, he says that the source, they came, they professed Christ, but they left. They went out from among us. Then he says, we need a recognition of the security. Look what he says in verse 20 and 21. He says, but you have an unction. I like that word, unction. I don't know why. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. John says it is either the whole truth or it is a whole lie. No lie is of the truth. Someone who tells you, for example, and I'm just making this up just for the sake of illustration. Somebody says to you, I believe that Jesus Christ was crucified buried and resurrected on the third day. But I don't believe he was virgin born. Now, I'm just making that up just for pure... See, if you, you, you can't have one truth mixed in with one lie. It makes it all a lie. And John says that no lies of the truth. They don't go together. They don't mix. But we have an unction from the Holy One. See, this is why it's so important to be in God's house. This is why it's so important to study God's Word. And so we get that unction from the Holy One. So that when someone stands up, or we hear somebody somewhere with false teaching, then there are alarm bells going off. We have what? Think about it. What, what is the Bible? Who is the truth? Jesus Christ. Where does Jesus Christ reside? In the heart of believers, right? So I have the truth in me. I have the truth in me, and I have the truth with me. There is no reason, John says, for us to fall for a lie. We have security in knowing. He has given a, 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 an unction, the word unction, anointing. He has blessed us. He has put the Holy Spirit in us. The Bible talks about our spirit bearing witness with each other. I don't know if you've ever had that happen before. And I, just for the, I, I'm going to not call names. But I will say there are some people today who are very famous, who have radio shows and TV shows that are nuttiest fruitcakes. How's that? Just because you, you can afford a TV show don't mean you're preaching the truth. 
And there are some of them. Have you ever had this happen? You start hearing them preach or teach and just kind of immediately in your heart, in your spirit, you're like, something don't seem right. I may not be able to put my finger right on it. There's one I could name right now. That just when I first heard him, I thought, well, he's all right. And the longer I listened to him, the more I was kind of like a dog at a high-pitched whistle. You know, just kind of, something don't seem right. And the more I listened and studied on what he believed, I figured out what took me. At first, I didn't know what it was, but I knew something wasn't right. The spirit in me just wasn't jiving. wasn't lining up with what I was hearing. And then as I began to listen to more and study more, I found, oh, now I see what the deal is. So he says we shouldn't fall for false teaching. We shouldn't fall for that. That's the reason when I stand up, I tell you, open your Bible too. If you came in, I, I'm going to make somebody mad, I know it, but, you know, if you come ask me, I'll forgive you. Um, if you come in here without your Bible, shame on you. If you go anywhere and you listen to somebody preach without your Bible, shame on you. I don't care if it's on your phone, your tablet, wrote in the palm of your hand. You'd have your Bible so you'd make sure that what that knucklehead standing in the pulpit said is really there. Just because I put it on the wall, y'all know I type anything on the wall I want to, right? You need to know what's in the Word of God for yourself. He says he's giving you an option. We live in a world, we live in the last time where there's Antichrist at work. Don't just take anybody's word for the truth. Verify, verify, verify. Through the word of God, through the spirit of God, we have an anointing, we have an unction, we have security. There is no reason for a child of God to be deceived. Men have died to give us the Word of God so that we can verify and know the truth. And what's he say about the truth? The truth will set you free. One last recognition. John says, Lord, we need to recognize the security. We need a recognition of the substance. Look what he says in verse 22. Who is a liar? But he that denieth Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. You say, Jimmy, how in the world will I recognize a false teacher? What's a false teacher look like? If he denies Jesus Christ and the deity of Jesus Christ, he is of the devil. Not he is confused, not he is messed up, he is, John says, he is Antichrist. You say, what's that look like? Well, if somebody tells you in some way, shape, or form, you have to add works to salvation, that's denying Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the way. You don't have to work your way. He says, I'm the way. It says, not of works, lest any man should boast. If in any way, we see that in the, in the New Testament when men were teaching the church, uh, the New Testament church, that uh, they couldn't really be saved unless they were circumcised. That's denying Jesus Christ. If in any way we veer and 
and stray from what the Word of God says. He says we have denied Jesus Christ. We have denied the deity of Christ. That's what it looks like. You listen to what is being taught, to what is being said, and if in any way it adds to or takes from the deity, the, the godliness of Jesus Christ, it is of the devil. That simple. That simple. John says, little children, come here. Sit right here on my knee. You can almost see a old fatherly type, grandfatherly type, drawing his grandchildren in. Maybe in his last days. He's saying, I want to tell you something. I want to, I want to share something with you. I want you to never forget it. And passing on to him, much like Solomon in Proverbs, I want to share with you a piece of wisdom that will do you good. That will do you well. Know the truth. Follow the truth. Seek the truth. Live the truth. Don't be deceived. If John thought the Antichrist were at work in his day, what would he say in July of 2022? The bad thing that I see is John says they come out from us. In many cases today, they haven't even come out from among us. They're still among us teaching the false doctrine. Many of them standing in pulpits, many of them writing books, again, many of them with TV shows, many of them podcasts and websites and spreading blatant false teaching. Know the truth. Know the truth. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. I want to invite you today, believers all over this room, believers online, I want to invite you to do a couple things today. I want to invite you to come and kneel at this altar and say, Lord, help me to know the truth. Help me to not fall for lies. Help me to not be deceived. Help me to know your word. But even more than that today, can I encourage you and invite you to come and Join around this altar and pray for our young people. Pray for the youth, the children that are coming up in this world, your children, your grandchildren, who are going to be challenged at every turn, who are going to be confronted over and over with false teaching. God would keep them safe and keep them on the right road, keep them following truth. You hear today and you don't know Christ as your Savior. You've been deceived into believing that you can work your way into heaven. You can earn your way into heaven. Maybe you've been told you're already on your way to heaven. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, the false teachers have got you. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ.
Would you come this morning? Pray for revival. Pray that God would stir our land, our church. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. God, we thank you that John loved the little children enough to draw me close and warn them about the last days. Warn them that in this time there were false teachers, spreading lies, deceiving many, dooming many for eternity in hell. God, I pray this morning to stir our hearts. You'll break us. God, you fill this also with people who are praying for the lost among us, that they wouldn't be deceived any longer. God, that they would hear the truth, and the truth would truly set them free. God, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, God, they need to know the truth. God, they're being deceived, they're being fed lies, straight from hell. But I pray that you'll stir us today. For to Jesus' precious name I pray. And as we stand together.
is again all what we're trying to do is get some things moved around, get some furniture where it needs to be, uh, get some rooms set up. Um, one of uh, children's churches and things. Um, begin to pray that God would raise up some workers um, that would be willing to work with young people. Um, raise up some young people, and um, and maybe it might be you that he's you know. Uh, and so before you pray, God, get somebody else to work. Ask God if He wants you to work. Um, a lot of people do pray, Lord, give Debbie some strength. She needs to, you know, she needs to do something. Uh, some of you have learned over the years if you come to me and say, I have an idea, we need to do so and so. I look up and go ahead. You may get to study. Uh, you know, uh, I'll just come up with ideas for somebody else to do. Um, but um, so, uh, begin to pray uh, in that direction. Uh, that uh, God would uh, uh, got some ideas and some plans um, that need some things to come together and, um, to, to work all those out. So uh, you begin to pray in that way. Uh, I would uh, greatly uh, appreciate it. All right, let's bow to dismiss today. Then how about this message? Dear Heavenly Lord, we just thank you, Father for allowing us to be together today. We just thank you for our help and our strength. Lord, we pray you'll be with those that couldn't be with us today or, or at home watching by line. Lord, be with anyone that's not feeling well today. And Lord, we do pray that um, as we look toward our Christian uh, children's ministry, Lord, that you will work in a miraculous way and that people will feel the need to have help in this situation. Lord, because we know this is what this gospel is about, leaving everyone, even the little children, to you, Lord, as their personal Savior. Lord, we just thank you for all our many blessings. Be with us, Lord, in the upcoming week till we meet together. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.